Welcome back to the Evil Master Plan podcast, a show in which you, the listener, get to hear someone start a tech company from scratch with no idea what they're doing. Today is August 27th, and I'm your host, Martin Mumford. Before we begin today's philosophy episode, let's review the plan one more time. Step one is infiltrate 50% of the world's organizations. Step two is build an army of super intelligent robots. And step three is world domination. We're going to accomplish step one by making an app that's so useful, so indispensable, that people want to use it for all kinds of stuff. This app is called Overmind, and you can almost get it at overmind.wiki. It's not quite world domination ready. So how can I be more confident that this plan is going to work? Well, the first part is making sure I have a problem worth solving, something that I call looking for trouble. When I decided to start a business, I knew I was in for an uphill battle against my own ignorance. I've never done anything like this before, and I don't even know very many people who have. I'm also very prone to analysis paralysis, worrying so much about choosing the right option that I end up not doing any options. So it was time to get some help. At first, I googled around a bit, read some articles, and I eventually stumbled upon the Startup School Curriculum by Y Combinator. I'll link it in the show notes. It was a handful of short videos about things like how to talk to users and how to prioritize your time. These are the most common problems that were likely to come up from the perspective of people who had done this a whole bunch of times. So these were extremely useful resources because they were short and didn't send me down a rabbit hole of infinite advice. So here's the things I took away. First, I needed to find a problem. I needed to make sure it's a real problem, and I needed to talk to lots of people who had that problem. And so I started looking for trouble, which brought me to the legend of Timosaurus Rex. When I first joined my last job, there were about 50 engineers. When I left, there were nearly 800. And you don't go from 50 to 800 without a pretty substantial mess of outdated information left along the way. So there used to be a team there called Timosaurus Rex. Can you guess what they did? Well, neither could anybody else. I'm sure it was funny and seemed like a good idea at the time, but Timosaurus Rex was an enigma. After a while, they changed their name to something more accurate and all was well. But there were still references to Timosaurus Rex scattered all over the place. It would come up from time to time in conversations with those who remembered the old ways. And over time, history became legend, legend became myth, and years later, the team faded out of existence. The story of Timosaurus Rex is a piece of history that is almost totally lost. Another example is MoMA. I've spoken with a few engineers at Google, and it seems like they have this internal site called MoMA. It's a similar story. There's plenty of legends about why it's called MoMA, but the stories conflict. Some people say it was named after the Museum of Modern Art, and others say it was meant to invoke a motherly image like Mama. At the end of the day, no one seems to know the true origin because it's all second-hand and third-hand knowledge. That kind of knowledge is tribal knowledge. At one point, I needed a list of engineering teams for my job. I just needed to gather them. It sounded pretty easy. I checked the official list on our site, and it's missing tons of them and has duplicates. I check a few other places, and they're all wrong or out of date, too. 
I see teams that have shut down years ago on there, people that have left the company years ago, and it was scattered everywhere. Every few months, our teams would split or merge, change their names and their responsibilities. And even though everyone knew their little corner of the company really well, and so it worked out day to day for them, nobody had the whole picture. And there's lots of confusing information like that at all kinds of places around the world. You know, like the doorknob gets sucked sometimes and you have to wiggle it and push up in order to open it. Or even just silly questions like, where's the link to the site I need? Or who's the right person to talk to about this? Or what does this acronym stand for? It gets lost when people leave and has to be relearned when new people arrive. So that's tribal knowledge. It's the problem that I want to solve. It's messy. It's scattered all over the place. It's mostly stored in people's heads. And it's out of date because it changes all the time. And it's also not 100% your fault. In the real world, knowledge is messy and it does change rapidly. The reason we like to keep it in our heads is because it's cheap. Our brains are shockingly good at storing messy information. And that's where I realized that it was a good problem to solve because I felt the pain. There were other people complaining about the pain. There were people at other companies complaining about the pain. Engineers felt it, but also salespeople, students, lawyers, interns, secretaries, entrepreneurs, and especially new hires felt the pain the most. They're the ones jumping in the deep end and getting lost in all the tribal knowledge. And that meant there was a really big opportunity for me to help. So I was pretty confident I'd found a good problem. Tribal knowledge is real and it's all over the place, but it's also not a new problem. So why after all these years has it not noticeably improved? How come we hadn't solved it in the five years that I worked at my job? And what makes this problem so hard? And secretly in the back of my head, do I even have a chance of solving such a hard problem? Is it even possible? I eventually came up with an analogy that describes why tribal knowledge is so hard to deal with and gives me a little hope that, yes, we can solve it. Think of your area of knowledge as an island. It represents all the important stuff about your team, your company, or your school or hobby. Maybe you know a lot about cars or photography or something. You can think of that subject as this epic jungle island. There's all sorts of little maps of this island scattered about. Whenever you search Google or read an article or listen to a podcast, you're getting this little view of the island. Maybe there's a bunch of documents or emails or chat conversations. Each one is trying to show you a small part of the island. And there's four big problems with these pieces. First, the maps are incomplete. They only show you a little slice at a time. Sometimes they overlap with other maps, and sometimes there's huge gaps between them that no one has ever written about. And if it's not on a map, then it's in somebody's head, and your only option is once again to ask. Second, the maps are really old. It's very expensive to make new maps because it takes time to write this stuff down. And even if you work really hard to craft the perfect map, the terrain of the island is changing. Every week there's new villages and towns popping up, the landslides and earthquakes alter the contours, and so the only way to update these maps is by hand, manually. And usually it's not your job to update them, so after a while they just go stale. 
Third, the maps are stored in all sorts of different places. There's one place to go if you want to find topographical maps, another one for weather forecasts over the island, but there's no one place you can go to get that complete picture. And fourth, maps are kind of hard to search. You can usually look for key words, but you might find way too many results with irrelevant information, or maybe your search turns up no maps at all. Too much information and you have to dig through all of them yourself to find the real answer. Too little information and you're just out of luck. Either way, it's pretty frustrating. And these little maps are how we humans operate and communicate with each other. I think it shows why the problem is so hard and so persistent. We're relying on these little scraps of information, each with their own perspective and view, but they're incomplete, they're old and scattered, and sometimes they're just wrong. If we stretch the analogy, though, you can also see a possible solution to this problem. What if we took all those little 2D map fragments and scanned them? There could be one place that you could go, one library, where you could search all of the scraps of information from your island, wherever they might be stored. You could have a person whose entire job is to stitch all the maps together into a complete whole a 3D model of the entire island. This person might be your personal island librarian. You could drop off new scraps of information anytime, and the librarian could scan and organize them into a more complete picture while you're away. And if there's still gaps in the model, the scanner can ask you some follow-up questions. So how does this island analogy apply to Overmind? Well, Overmind can be a single place where you can find all of your thoughts about a subject. All of those bookmarks, guides, jargon, the frequently asked questions about your field. You don't have to store everything in Overmind, but you can find it all from there. You will be able to dump new information into Overmind without worrying too much about where to put it. Overmind should be your personal librarian that will help organize it for you. When there's major gaps, Overmind could reach out to you with follow-up questions and use your answers to update the library. For example, if there's a word that you use that it's never seen before. Of course, these ideas are still pretty far-flung and preliminary. Right now, Overmind is just a simple, tiny, personal library. That magic personal librarian isn't there yet. But my goal is to start with something simple and useful and slowly work towards that magical stuff in the future. Overmind is still just a note-taking app, but I want your notes to be as flexible as your thoughts, as easy to write them down as it is to think them out, as easy to update them as it is to tell someone about the change. More on how to do that later. As always, if you want to try Overmind out for yourself as it is now, just go to overmind.wiki and sign up. You can also skip the waitlist and go straight to the front of the line by emailing martin at evilmasterplan.net. And of course, if you're curious, listen on to find out what comes next in the suspiciously vague and completely effective Evil Master Plan.